0: Great. That's good. That's very good. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and I've got a great show for you. And I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. You can find us at CaliforniaHaunts.org or the radio website, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. But we are 48 strong up and down the state of California, and what that means is that we are in almost every county. So if you think you might have a paranormal issue, you know, look me up. Either at the, you know, at both websites or on Facebook or wherever you can find me, and we can get out and talk to you, do a prelim, and uh, start from there. And if we're not near where you live, we're maybe two or three counties away, so I can get somebody out there, no matter what. And if you live in Nevada, Oregon, Washington, or even Hawaii, we can get to you. Yeah, so it's Hawaii haunts. We got Oregon haunts, you know. So we got all kinds of haunts. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody here to the show tonight. And if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you hear, please be sure to follow. If you're watching from Twitch, you like what you hear, please be sure to follow. If you're watching from TikTok, be sure to follow. And if you're watching from YouTube, down in the bottom right-hand corner over there, there is a little ghost with a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That's our mascot. We've got 350 videos over there. And I think there's a little bit of something for everybody, because tonight's a perfect example of that. You know, we do do paranormal shows, but I'm a journalist. I'm a retired journalist, okay? And uh, I covered a crime beat for five years. And I saw all kinds of things, including stuff like we're going to talk about tonight. And that's why I like to mix it up. I I was actually originally a general assignment reporter, so I covered a little bit of everything. It was fun. I did sports. I did everything. But my specialty was in crime and courts. And um, so tonight is near and dear to my heart. You know, when you talk about hate crimes, there's been a big increase in the last few years of hate crimes. And it's sad. But it's not just about hate crimes. Abuse goes so many ways. Abuse happens, and sometimes people don't realize abuse is happening until it's too late. You know? I've got friends who who were older a lot older than i am and i remember her telling the wife telling me that that you know he would watch every move she made and she was doing everything she would t- she would take because she would deal with the kids she would deal with with cleaning the cars the house the whole thing and he would sit around and read his newspaper but he would watch he would time her he knew how long it took her to mop the floors he knew how long it took her to take the kids to school and come home and then when they go store shopping he'd sit out in the car and he'd time her, he'd have a stopwatch. And if she was two minutes late, maybe she had a good bathroom, who knows, you know, he was waiting for her. And sometimes and so, sometimes he'd haul off and pop her one, you know, over it. So, I mean, abuse comes in different ways. Then the, then the shoe gets on the other foot as well, too. If you have a best friend that's dating somebody or is married to somebody and you see something happening within that marriage, you're kind of stuck on, on trying to do something. I mean, what do you do? Because if, if you try to get involved in all that, it's, your, you know, it's usually they're madly in love, blah, 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 blah you know, mind your own business. And then the next thing you know, it's too late. Something happens. So my guest, David Keck, was the victim of a hate crime. And as I said in the intro, after going through that, he's taken it upon himself to help others. And I think it's a wonderful cause so let's bring him in he can tell you his story and then we can take it from there but like i said you know it's not just hate crime but all kinds of crime and abuse with people because it goes on a lot more than what someone might think all right hello sir
1: hey how are you
0: good how are you doing great thank you so much i'm so glad that you came on because we're you know talking about this stuff is is how the word's going to get out to help absolutely Absolutely.
1: I appreciate you having me.
0: So let's hear your story and so you can tell everybody.
1: Yeah. So I am uh, now a 41 year old open gay man, and I live in the lovely Bible Belt in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I was, I'm so blessed. I have such an amazing family. I didn't know hate existed until seven years ago. And I, I was going through a breakup and some friends called me and it was one of their birthdays. And so they wanted to go out to one of our favorite little hole in the wall bars. And it was, uh, mostly a, a heterosexual bar, but I never, I was a regular there. Everybody knew me. It was kind of like my chairs and it was, uh, it was a karaoke bar. So sometimes like I didn't care to get on stage and sing Shania Twain, man, I felt like a woman or, you know, like I just, I felt comfortable in my own skin there. And right. Uh, but one day I went in and, and someone didn't like me. They, they didn't like the way I walked. They didn't like the way I talked. And they uh, plotted my death. And surveillance cameras showed that he had stopped me on the way to the restroom. And I had what seemed to be a pleasant conversation with him and went to the restroom by myself and then uh, came back, sat down at the table with my friends. We paid our tabs and we left. And the surveillance camera shows that he left uh, three minutes after. Wow. Yeah. So he uh, allegedly followed me home. We're not completely sure. I have no memory of what happened. The, the the brain trauma and everything was too extensive. And so there's been a couple of different ideas float out there. Um, what seems to stick the most with ideas through the court through court and everything is that he uh got a ride to my house that he um had someone follow me and drop me out because he said that he knocked on my door and i opened the door i lived in um, a safe community i had just a little apartment and my neighbor would come over sometimes and have a beer or whatever so when someone knocks on my door i just figured it would be him Mm -hmm. and uh, so he was, uh, my attacker was trained military, and he said that he had me knocked out and first hit and spent hours, um, trigger warning, but spent hours, uh, raping me and beating me until, um, he was, uh, sure that he had killed me. Then he, uh, stood over my body and called the mother of his children and confessed to what he had done and said that I was flopping like a fish. And then my body stopped. So he then stole my car, and my money and my credit cards, and went bar hopping, and got drunk, wrecked my car, and that's when the police came and he confessed to murder, and they found my body. Um, I think it was like 18 hours later, oh thinking God. that they were, thinking that they were trying to find um, a dead body, mm-hmm. and uh, but my foot moved, and they knew that I was not dead.
0: Now, did he claim to be? Uh, 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 gave the word. Did he claim to be straight?
1: Yes, he identifies as straight.
0: See, this is what I don't understand. I mean, they're going to rape you, and they're straight. I, I don't get the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and with a lot of research I've done, rape isn't necessarily about attraction. It's about power, mm-hmm. and and I think um, th- there have been times that we have um, I have thought that maybe he. Maybe was gay and was just from a place where he couldn't accept it, and then he saw someone like me that was open and out and accepted and and leading the life that he wished he could live, and and then and then there's that part of me that thinks that 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 that's not right that he that he is a heterosexual and yeah. and and that it was more of a power trip.
0: It's just, it's just, it's incredible, you know, it, it's just to hear, especially to hear your story. It's just, it's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, that he would do that. What reasonings, I mean, really, when, when you were in court filing, did he give a reasoning for what he did?
1: So when he, um, when the cops came to the, the car crash scene, he told the cops that um, he killed me because I was sexually propositioning him. And, and that's why he did it. So uh, the media was coming to the hospital trying to get a story. And, of course, I, I wasn't in a place to, to talk, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they went and got the confession from, I guess, the courts or whatever. And they built a story on that. So then, so then the media released that gay guy goes to straight bar, brings straight men home for sex and gets beat up. Wow. So I started getting um, death threats and people wanting to finish the job. Um, police had to uh, monitor and stand out of my, outside of my home um, the whole time because the, the threats seemed to be so real and then in during court he confessed that uh, that is not what happened that i just look like an easy target i've always been a smaller guy he was trained military he said i looked like i had um, a lot of money and an easy target and that's what he was after i don't know that we'll ever know the full truth
0: how long were you in the hospital
1: um, surprisingly just for like 2 days really yeah, yeah, and, I, and then, you know, I went home, and I couldn't stay uh, in my home, so I had to go to my family's home and stay, and, and you know, I can get over a black eye, which, granted, if if you Google the story or look at my social media, it was definitely more than a black eye, but, uh, you know, like I have veneers and stuff now where he had busted up some of my teeth and, and things like that, but, you know, I had to, um, just the little things I had to relearn. I had to learn how to stand up to pee again. I had to learn how what foods I liked again. I would turn on the television and see that I had certain TV shows on demand, you know, recorded. And I had to remind myself that I liked those shows. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, so I say that I can get over a black guy, but it, it, was, it was the aftermath of stuff that just really a, a, about finished the job itself, you know?
0: Were you paranoid for a long time? I mean, as far as I going am. out anywhere or anything like that, you still are.
1: I still am. I uh, am more aware of it, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I face those fears. But to be honest with you, especially now that the Roe v. Wade has happened right. and people are making more comments about... Uh, what they can and will now do to the gay community has terrified me. I'm afraid to work in my yard sometimes. I still do it, but I have those thoughts. Uh, but, you know, when I'm stopped at a red light, if a car pulls up and is like, oh, there's a gay guy, we we can we can do whatever we want to him, you know? And so, so I do have those fears. I don't let it stop me,
0: mm-hmm. but they're there. And how much time did he get?
1: <sighs> well... He did, um, after his sentencing, so it took about a year with court, and he was uh, in jail that time. And then after his sentencing, he was sentenced to, it was either 10 or 12 years and for, you know, they they didn't charge him for attempted murder. They didn't Mm -hmm. charge him for the rape. And uh, he did four months after that. So after his sentencing, he did four months and was released on good time. Before mm-hmm. I could even walk without a walker and live by myself, he was released on good time. That's I never, I, I didn't get good time.
0: No, you didn't get good time. So did he get released back into your area? I mean, where did he live? I mean, like, like you lived in an area where did he where did he live? You know, <laughs> or, you know, as opposed to where you were living.
1: Yeah, so he lives at a small country town that's about an hour away and he and his um i I don't think they were married i think i know it was the mother of his one of his children um but they were living together and she kicked him out and so he came to knoxville where he had a friend and they ended up at the bar where where he found me
0: Mm. it's an incredible story and 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 that's the like you said the reasoning he gave wasn't even really good reasoning i mean it was just he just decided to do this all at once
1: right and evidence even showed that that's not what happened i didn't speak to him other than when he you know approached me um we had just a passing conversation you know it wasn't anything sexual but the thing is is I've been hit on by people that i am not been interested in. I've been hit on by women and never one time have I thought I'm gay and this woman's hitting on me. I should kill her. Right. You know, if if I did proposition you in some manner and you felt uncomfortable, excuse yourself, Mm -hmm. tell me to leave. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: know, you, you don't, that's definitely zero to a hundred.
0: When you say he was stalking you and, and you noticed it, did it make you nervous? To know that he was following you around the bar,
1: I did not know. Uh, the, okay. the surveillance cameras showed that I, I had no right, clue. Right. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just wanted to clarify that too for people. So uh, the aftermath of all this, you, you know, you, you're recovering from the injuries and stuff. How long? I mean, you're still recovering. You're going to sure. be recovering for a long, long time. Yeah. But to physically be able to get out and do stuff, it must—it must have been a huge effort for you to even go out.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely was, because I kind of became famous in a small town. Everyone knew m- me, and they knew this uh, story that was created. And then, of course, they're creating their own narrative from that. And so, you know, even going to Walmart, there would be people that would see me. And this one lady, I remember this one lady, she, came, she seen me, and she came running up to me, and it terrified me. But, you know, she was one of those that was like, who cares if you hit on him? You did not deserve this. And mm-hmm. and she felt, f- following my story, that she knew me. And so she immediately comes up and she wants to mother me. She wants to love me. Sure. And, and but of course, in that state of mind that I was in, it was terrifying because when I see this person running to me, I'm like, is is that his mom? Mm-hmm. Is that someone that's related to him or on his side, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 she, she could tell that I, you know, tend stop and mm-hmm. she was so apologetic and, and just such a lovely lady. I really appreciate her, but, but it was definitely, um, an eye-opening situation. Like that circumstance was, you know, with her, because you never know what someone's going through. You never know what their triggers are and, or what's mm-hmm. going to set it off. And it can even be with the best of intent.
0: Mm-hmm. So are you, um, seeing a psychologist or or anything like that to help you through
1: all this? Oh, 100%. I believe even the best therapists need therapists. (laughs) I uh, go to sexual assault group therapy uh, every Thursday and, and there's a group of guys in there and we all are from all different walks of life. And, but there's something about that kind of trauma that just unites and bonds us. And, Mm. and we've created this brotherhood, you know, and, and we're, we're, I'm gay. Most of them are straight. Most of them, you know, they're they're all all kinds of kinds, and it's just a beautiful thing. But I did I did the first year and a half. I did individual therapy, and then um, they introduced group therapy to me, and I was terrified. I was like, "You want me to go into this room with these men and be vulnerable? And what it, what it, what if they want to hurt me? Because okay. I then developed this mentality and and this mindset of these Straight men want me dead, you know, and and I uh, the 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 facility that I'm with is amazing, and so one of the women was like, "I'll go in with you if they will allow it," and they let a woman go into this men's group uh, for two or three times, and then finally I was like, "You know what? I, I think I'm good. I, I, I've got this," and and I really appreciated
0: that. Was there was there ever time when you thought about moving from your from your home, from your area, to get away from all that?
1: Yes, but I am so close to my family, and, you know, I call my grandmother, no exaggeration, I talk to her every day on the way home from work, and, you know, and she's in her 80s now, and I, I cannot run because of him that that would just be another way that he won. Now, if it was me waking up one day and I thought, you know what, I could transfer this area with my job and this is what I want to do, but I can't leave my home Mm -hmm. because of him. So I chose to, to tough it out.
0: What an incredible story. Um, so you started podcast. What what, what got you to start doing the podcast to, to help people?
1: Uh, COVID. (laughs) So, you know, the world shut down and Mm -hmm. we could not do therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, we we couldn't, and I needed therapy and and I knew if I needed it, there were so many other people that needed it. And Mm -hmm. and I do think I try to find, I try to find the good in all situations. And with COVID, one of the good things I can find is that people became more Mm self-aware and uh, mental health, and self care kind of came to the forefront, and and so I was like, you know what? I am going to buy all the equipment. I'm going to create a studio. I'm going to share my story and see if other people want to share theirs. And I thought, you know what? This will be something I do for a month, and my mom will send me messages, tell me how great and proud she is
0: mm-hmm.
1: of me, and that'll be it. And I was wrong. It blew up, and and people are really <laughs> digging it. And, mm-hmm. and and coming to me wanting to share their story on my platform, they trust me and my platform, and that is the best gift anyone could ever give me.
0: Um, Like you say, it's not just about hate crimes. It's about other types of abuse as well, right? Sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I did not want to focus just on one thing. I didn't want to paint myself into that corner because, like you were saying in the beginning of the show – there are all kinds of abuse. There's abuse with church and, and religion. There's financial abuse. There's that emotional and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, there is even when, when you think of a story of someone saying they're in an abusive relationship, you picture a man beating a woman. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the women that that are doing it. And then and and what I have found too is there's generational abuse, and it's you know you're you're because of the way that your parents were treating you, you are now molded. Right into and groomed industry and and so even just the the knowledge that this has brought to me and and the crowd that i have is so diverse like i had uh this black guy reach out to me and he said david we come from two different worlds i am you know a black uh he he used the word thug which i'm not really a fan of but he used that word and and he was like in your you know this little gay guy and he was like, but you're my brother. And, and I listened to your show and and I learned something from, and he was like, we're, we're just all kinds of kinds, just healing. And I I just thought that was so great.
0: That's wonderful. And then when you talk about, I was just thinking too, when you talk about generational abuse, there's also people that come that, that, that that were born in the twenties and thirties because they have a different mindset in the way they treat their women. So a lot of that was verbal abuse. Right. You know, so I mean there's like you say, there's all kinds of abuse that that people go through. What's one of the most um, you know, on your show without giving names out because we don't wanna, you know, sure. embarrass people, but what do you what do you think is one of the most common types of abuse you hear on your show?
1: It does seem to be more of the domestic mm-hmm. um and 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 what comes with domestic abuse is it kind of starts out in steps and phases you know it may be um usually what i have found common in my show so i'm just going to speak on that but but it's usually the the female that is being um abused in some sort of way and it doesn't start out with the backhanded smack you know it's i don't like your hair color change your hair color you're you're getting too fat Uh, you're not paying enough sexual attention to me. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to work. I want you to stay at home and I'm giving you an allowance of $50 a week. And if you run out of money, then, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it all kind of, there's like these steps that I see and, and you can just watch it blossom for lack of better words. Blossom is almost a pretty word. So I hate that word, but you see it just growing into something really, really bad.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like i said in the beginning i mean if, if you're on the outside looking in and it's your friends that this is happening to it is so hard to communicate you know with, with that person and say look i think this guy is not good for you you know there's something mm-hmm. going on because they're in that especially if you're single that's what i found too if you're single or you're not in a relationship what the hell do you know
1: Yep. yeah one of the one of the common things that gets sad is this is what relationships are. This is real life. You are in a real life adult relationship mm-hmm. and we have problems and absolutely 100% that's true, but don't do it with your fist and don't do it in a degrading way. That's going to hurt me and my soul and my character. Don't do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then you hear the stories too of these people that, that were in abusive relationships. They've got animals and this makes it, this is even horrible. You know, where he'll end up keeping the dog and her dog mm-hmm. and he kills the dog just to get even with her. hmm you know, and it's just it's it's just it's the it's just mind boggling when you hear these stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because they will do whatever they can. They will use children, they will use your family, they you know, finances, your your material things, anything they can to control you.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yes, I mean, I was, I'm not going to mention names, but I mean, a good example of the woman abusing the man, we just had that go on in a mm-hmm. huge court trial, you know, people, someone you wouldn't expect it happening to, public court trial,
1: you know, and and I'm glad that you mentioned that because that with with, with this straight man on this public platform mm-hmm. admitting to being abused and that he, he didn't lose his masculinity from it. Mm-hmm. He, he's still seen as a man. And, and I'm so glad that he had that platform because when I tell you that my emails started blowing up with men messaging me saying, I need to get on your show because, because of, of this public situation, I realized that I can do this and I'm still a man. This isn't, you know, losing my masculinity by any way. And, and I hate that that happened that mm-hmm. it was just an ugly situation but i'm so glad that that he had such a a following and a platform that mm-hmm. made it okay for people mm-hmm. to to talk about their own especially men because we are taught to suppress it you you don't talk about this you don't you don't discuss this you just bury it Right. And and then one day it just blows up. And when it does, it's so heightened. And a lot of times, uh, hurt people hurt people. We've all heard that, right? right? So it's I don't think that all these people are bad people. I think that they're victims victim of circumstances and sometimes they just do bad things. But we, we're, we're not a society that's into rehabilitating, especially right. if someone goes to jail. We're not into rehabilitating them. We're not into getting them an education and teaching them how to act and flourish in society. We, you know, just set them back out after 30 days and we'll see you again in 30 days and and charge us some more fines, you know, it's a money thing. And, and I I think that uh, that's starting to dwindle away a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, a lot of it, you know, some of it can be frustration too, especially nowadays. Nobody has any money. Prices are going up on stuff. The baby needs the baby needs formula you got to have food in the house this is going on and I mean I mean there's no excuse for it right for for a man or a you know, woman or vice versa but still that stuff can build up and build up and build up to the point that like you say an explosion happens or a mistake happens and and somebody loses it you know yeah. and, that. and plus not to mention and I don't want to get I don't I'm not a politic person but sure the last few years for you know the the, the political atmosphere kind of has stirred things up too
1: Absolutely. And, you know, imagine if we lived in a world where if, if a person was having these thoughts of, I want to rape somebody or I'm wanting to touch a child. Imagine if we lived in a world where they could call a number and say, I'm having these thoughts and I know that they're ugly. I know they're wrong and I don't want to be this person. Help me. Mm-hmm. And without the stigmas, without the embarrassment, without the damnations, we help them. Imagine if that happened, then there's a lot of kids that wouldn't be touched. There's a lot of kids that wouldn't be raped and abused and, and even adults that wouldn't, if there was just that safe place and we don't provide that. And, and so that's what I'm trying to do with with my platform. You know, I want to, and too, with my platform, it's when you hear about school shootings or some, some horrific thing, it's always focused on, on the guilty, on the bad guy, and and the victims kind of just get pushed aside, mm-hmm. and there's a lot that get, people may not look at me. And nowadays, you know, if someone didn't know my story, they wouldn't look at me out in public and think, "Oh my gosh, he's been raped and beaten and, and left right. for dead." You know, I, but but we all have our thing, and victims need a place to express. And there is not a minute that goes by. The reason I got veneers is because there was this one cho- tooth down here that was chipped. Every time I, every morning I would brush my teeth and it was the first thing I saw. Mm-hmm. Every night I would brush my teeth and it was the last thing I saw. Mm-hmm. So that means I started my day and ending my day thinking of him. Sure. And, and so I wanted to provide a platform where victims could come on and, and share their stories of how they became a survivor.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Another question I have too is that once you started doing this, and, and obviously you were famous for a horrible reason, but once you started doing this and living in this, you know, living in the Bible Belt like like you do, did you have other gay men calling you who had had gone through some, anything similar? I mean, you know, did, was that able to bring out more, you know, more more, more gay men, more gay men or women that, that were brave to tell the stories?
1: Yeah, absolutely it did. Um, th- there's not been, there's been a few on my show. There really hasn't been a lot. Mm-hmm. And because I get from them that a lot of their family doesn't know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know about what they went through. And, and they're choosing at this point to right. to not talk about it. And it, and it kind of made me wonder, was this the first time that my attacker did this? Or was I the first person that was found and, and it became public knowledge
0: Sure.
1: had he done it to you know another gay guy that didn't have the the support team to be able to speak on it
0: absolutely and i'm thinking too it's not only and guys you got to remember this too it's not only the gays okay hate crimes mm-hmm. go other ways too it goes with that nationality you know especially you know i'm not gonna say those three letters but you know what I mean? You, you, you got the three letter clown suits out there and, you know, hate crimes. The It's all over with the different yeah. nationalities, you know, different. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's such a scary thing. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what color you are, what race mm-hmm. you are, or I'm sorry, what uh, gender you are, what yeah. you your sexual orientation is. And it even comes down to religion. You know, some people will, might believe in something different than you, and and for whatever reason, people think that in in the name of the Lord, I can kill you. You okay. know, and and it's just can't we all just get along? <laughs> that's true,
0: that's true. <laughs> now, obviously, you know, you're not a psychologist or anything, but you do take these calls to hear what these people have to say. Are you able to 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 point people in the right direction?
1: I, I I am not a doctor, right. a psychologist, or anything by any means, and and I make sure that everyone knows that. Um, mm-hmm. What what I do come across and make known is that my journey is mine and the steps mm-hmm. I took is what helped me. And so exactly. I want to provide endless amounts of, of resources. So right. when I have someone on a show that says I wrote this book or I became a member of this group, I post all that because I want you to find what helps you. And, and if you called me and said, I need to talk to somebody, I can, I can be an ear. And mm-hmm. and if you need, if you need an actual certified, doctor then then i have connections of who to get you in touch with
0: okay okay now the other question i have because i mean i get trolls on this show all the time do you get trolls that are calling you or whether you're doing it online or whatever how do you control that
1: i will say i haven't really experienced a lot of negativity yet I um, have had a situation where some siblings heard of a story that I was releasing of one of their, uh, from their sister, Mm -hmm. and they were not happy about it. Um, I do not allow people to mention names on the show. My attacker, no one knows his name from Mm -hmm. my mouth. They could give it a, a, you know, they could Google it and easily find out. But but to me, he is my attacker, and that's what I refer to him as. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to be respectful, you know, in that manner. Um, luckily I haven't really received a lot of hate. And what I think is so great about podcasts is people, it's not like when you turn on the news and you're forced to just watch whatever's on there. You know, yeah. you have to go out and seek this show. Right. And and so usually the people that come across it are the people that are looking for it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really haven't had, there's been a few things that people saying, oh, well, Dave is now just trying to get rich off of what happened to him and he just needs to let this go. And, and no, there's not a lot of money in podcasting Uh, and I have my job, you know, I have my real job and I want to help people because I can either forget about it and bury this. Or I could do something beautiful with it and make it into my own story and and own it myself and create it into what I need and want it to be. And that's what I choose to do.
0: Absolutely. Now, from start to finish on this, from the the night that you were raped and beat up to the point where you are now, how long has it taken you to get to this point?
1: Um, Well, every day is a new journey, it's, you know, I'm faced with a different kind of fear or situation or trigger. Um, I would say maybe around the three year mark is when I really started noticing a more of a controlled mindset where I felt like I was getting my power back, where I felt like I was able to make decisions for myself and I was able to get some more of my freedom back with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not waking up every hour just to go make sure that the doors are locked Kind of thing, um, I and, and, and then after I started my podcast and realized that you know it is helping people that I am doing exactly what I wanted to do. Sure. It's it's funny because now if someone asked me if I could go back seven years and change that not, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I'm I'm doing something good with it, and 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 it feels good to say that. You know, right. it feels good to accept the fact that. I might've been placed on this path that I didn't choose, but I'm controlling how I drive the car per se. And so I, now that my, my podcast is a year old now, we just recently celebrated the year anniversary and this year has just been so empowering and mind blowing for, for me. And, and, I've really enjoyed this year. So, I would say the third year, I noticed a big difference. And then this past year has been huge.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed that you've come this far and you're able to do this podcast. It's really, I mean, it's, it's, it's something, you know, it's, because you. not everybody is able to recover, you know, to get to the point of recovery to be able to do that. But it's medicinal. I mean, you're able to sit there and talk to somebody about what happened to you. It doesn't matter who you are, it's medicinal for you. Absolutely, because you because you don't feel alone. Absolutely, and thank you, those. thank so, you. So, yeah, that. so so I really give you a lot of credit for doing this for do, you know the, the podcast. Thanks. So How much. has your audience been on as far as growth?
1: Oh my gosh, I am. I, I get so surprised with the numbers, you know, <laughs> and and I get an email notification every couple of days from uh, the platform that I use. It says, you had X amount of downloads. And I just released this uh, new show. It's my first, um, the name of my podcast is called Surviving Abuse Podcast. And I had this lady reach out to me who was a part of the Rebecca home. And it it was a Christian-based girl's home. And they also have a Christian-based boy's home. Mm -hmm. But there was, uh, right, and murder and beatings and starvation and selling of babies when the girls would get pregnant. And uh, she reached out to me and was like, I want to share my story. And then six other girls reached out to me and was like, I want to share my story. And I thought, you know, let, let me do a, a mini series with it. And oh my gosh, my numbers are going crazy because this was also a public thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, uh, now I've had men from the men's home reach out to me wanting to do a second season and Dateline is, uh, interested in talking to me, you know, it's, yeah, like it, it, so so, some really cool things are happening. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what's your format? Um, is it mainly a call-in thing or, or do you, like you say, you you, you have this guest on, so so do you have guests on regularly like I do, or is it just that mainly, you know, I'm here to talk, I'm here to talk to you kind of thing?
1: Uh, every week, I have a Zoom call with a new guest, and, and I want it to be like two friends on a couch having a glass of wine or beer or water, whatever your vice is, and So, you know, if they say something in their story that triggers something in me, um, you know, I share that with them because I want it to be conversational. But each week is a new guest. The first um, few episodes in the first season uh, was mostly about my story. And then as I started getting guests on, uh, I would just kind of feed a little bit here and there with how I relate. Okay, cool, cool,
0: cool. Now, just call Surviving Abuse. What do you think, and I know it's hard. It's hard, like you say, it's not the same for everybody, you know, to go through. But what do you think is one of the keys to surviving abuse?
1: 100% the support team. Okay. If if I did not have my family and, and friends that I had, that they didn't let me lay there and die. They refused to let me lay there and die. And the sad part is, is I know so many Gay people that that don't have that good support team, that that safe place, and and had this happened to some of them, they probably would not have made it. And and that's devastating. That it that that is scary. And mm-hmm. so, one hundred percent, I want everyone to know that the thing that still to this day brings tears to my eyes is when the media released the story that was incorrect and i was the bad guy as if he was the victim when when one of the guys in therapy grabbed my hand and he's a straight guy grabbed my hand and said i believe you i believe you and that was the most impactful moment i've had and so i when i have a guest on i let them know that i believe them because that that is such a blessing to have and it's needed and it's wanted and it's yeah. deserved Yeah,
0: absolutely because that's you know, people need that that's why it's good to have this this group like what you're doing to talk about this stuff is people need that otherwise they, they, they hold it in it's bottled up it's not a healthy situation
1: right because what happens when they explode
0: yeah absolutely absolutely what do you say to someone that might be out there and has, is it an abusive relationship
1: you know, that that's such a hard question because it it doesn't matter what we say to them. It's what they say to themselves. You know, um, I would like for people to know that there, there are resources out there. There are safe places. It can be done and has been done and it will be done. But you have to be ready for it yourself. I could tell you all day long, pack up and go. This mm-hmm. is bad for you. but But then I become the bad guy. Right. So the only thing that I can do is always have my phone on and, and they'll contact me when they're ready and I will love them until then. And then I'll love them through it when they do.
0: Okay. okay. Now living in the area that you do, like you say, you're right in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Do you find that being a gay, that being gay in the Bible Belt is harder than, than say, being out in California or someplace?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we're made. We're making progress, you know. Um, I I never feared living in Knoxville. I never feared, you know, being an open gay man. Um, I I never thought, oh, I shouldn't go into that bar. What if someone wants to hurt me? Right. You know, and 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 I I do sometimes now, but it's just because of the PTSD. Sure. But I've never even with the negativity that came in to to me when uh the the public when when everything became public it was all the keyboard bullies it wasn't anything to my face I didn't see anybody at a restaurant that was like oh I'm gonna find you out in the parking lot kind of thing like that never happened you know it was always the keyboard bullies and a lot of them didn't even live in Tennessee <laughs> you know so I, uh, absolutely, you know, we're, we're, um, in the South in the Bible Belt, but we're, we're making progress.
0: Because, I mean, when you look at states like Texas, that's one of, one of the places I would, <laughs> straight or, straight or gay, I would stay away from Texas like the plague. I mean, look yeah. at the laws that he's passing, you know, that he's trying to push through and stuff right now. I mean, are, are there things like that going on in Tennessee where they're, they're pushing these, these weird laws, or? Is it pretty neutral as far as the laws that
1: they're pushing through? As Right now, I would think that it's pretty neutral. I haven't heard of anything too, too crazy happening. Um, I know there's been talk of it, but okay. uh, it's one of those things like I, I don't really know what to believe. I don't know what's hearsay. I get so terrified with politics that, that I try to not pay much attention to it until I get to that right person that can actually educate me on it. Uh, there's a friend of mine that is just so brilliant and she and so like if I hear something you know like I'll write it down and then when she and I are having lunch together I'm like so tell me and teach me about this <laughs> because I trust her you know and especially after being a victim of what certain medias can do mm-hmm. it I, I realized that not everything you hear on the news is true yeah. so that kind of PTSD me a little bit too you know and 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 I don't just always believe everything I hear anymore. When used to, if I was like, oh, this was said on Channel 10 News, I believe it, you know, that's not always the case anymore. I have to definitely research it myself.
0: Well, coming from a newspaper background, you know, one of the automatic things they'll do when they find out they screwed up is write a, is write a retraction. But you know what? Once it's in print, once it's on TV, I don't care if that they put that little box on page A three down at the bottom. It doesn't matter because people once once they see it in print, it's in stone for people's minds, and there's just no way no way to change it.
1: And it's yeah. sad.
0: it's sad yeah. like that.
1: And may I tell you that? So during courts, you know, it was uh, several days with you know with weeks apart kind of thing um when when the real story started coming out the lady that was covering my case she actually wrote a article saying hey these are the actual facts she didn't necessarily retract she just redefined i guess and um so this happened when uh, gay rights and all that was in a big uproar of can they be married? Do we take it away? You know, Mm -hmm. some of our friends found they were married one day and the next day they're not. And then the next day they're married again, you know, like it was so confusing and it was election year. Mm -hmm. So um, the judge contacted the, the media and had them take down every news article, every uh, YouTube announcement from from the news, except for the very first one that blamed me. Wow. So she tried. Sure. She tried, and and I, and that that's just so disgusting to me. It's you know that like this it shows how little people do care about me and and my community, okay. and. And, and what is terrifying to me is what, what if I did die? What if I did die that night and my family would be living, thinking, why did David take the scout home for sex? Why did he do that? They would have this incorrect story of what ended my life. And the thing is, if I brought him home for sex and we did have sex, it would be two consensual adults. Right. I don't care if you are five minutes into it with the person that you've been married to for fifty years, if someone says stop and they don't, it's mm-hmm. rape. You know what I mean? Right. And but but we put such a negative spin on sex and orientation that it would have been like, um, gay guy was murdered because he took someone home for sex and that's what they get, you know, and, and that's not that's not the way it should be.
0: Well, that's what I was just thinking too. There's such a stigmata around gay people. Yeah. You know, right away you think, oh, they, they were soliciting for sex. And it's not how it is. Like like with yours, especially with your story. And yeah, right. You, you could have died and your family would have been stuck with that thought and never knowing the truth. And now that's what sucks about it too. You know, yeah. just like now, perfect example of that is the monkeypox. What's going on with that? You know, and the way they're handling that and how it's spread and all this. I mean, what a crock.
1: I know I know it, it it's so easy for I think I think that people we we need something to blame mm-hmm. you know and and that makes us feel better because if I'm blaming this on this set of people, mm-hmm. then I shun those people problem solved right you know and, and that's not it. you hear of people you know uh one of the stories i have two podcasts one of them is called true crime journals and it's actually like we discuss um actual true crime cases and one of the stories we were doing was this person was executed in texas for a murder that he didn't commit police and everybody knew that he did not commit this murder and he was still executed the last thing he said before he was executed was the state of Texas is killing an innocent man. And that man, the man that actually did the crime was not killing and raping other people during his execution. You know what I mean? And, and, but the community felt so much safer because they were like, Oh, it was this guy. He's the bad guy. When the, when that monster was still out there, he was still under your bed the whole time, you know? And it, it, it's devastating how, we find such solace in in blaming somebody when we don't know what the full truth is.
0: Right, right. I, I agree with you 100 percent, 100 percent. Um, again, let's go back to when you started this. How long did it take for your audience to build up? And you know, how, how quickly was it? When, was it like a wave of people that started to pass the word about it? You know, hey, you know, I, we can call in and talk about what happened to us. Or did it gradually build up for you?
1: it uh it's gradually building and it still is you know um i remember logging in and getting like said i got my first 25 downloads and how exciting that was and then the next week i had my 50 and and then it, you know you kind of get to that point where it kind of levels out and you're not seeing any increase you're like okay people are bored with you Don't they don't like me and then you release another story and it's quadrupled you know and and it's such it's just really cool to see. I'm such a numbers guy anyways. So every morning it's like, I wake up, you know, you have to lay in bed for just a minute before you get up. And so I'll, I'll log in immediately to check my numbers. It kind of, it's what you know inspires me. And then, and then getting those, I'm sure, you know, like getting those emails too, uh, from someone saying, I heard the story that was released yesterday and it impacted me. And thank you for this, you know? And I'm like, okay, I've got to do another one this week, you know? And, and the, I've been, I've been so blessed to, um, with having uh, some connections to people that have a pretty nice following and platform and, and had a couple of celebrities on my show now. And I can see the, the numbers really increasing uh, then too. And uh, yeah, so it it just keeps growing. I'm so proud of it.
0: You know, this, I I can see this growing and I I hope it does for you because people do need some place to go to talk about things. Yeah. You know, because especially if they're, if they're alone and they're in a situation where, like you say, where they're stuck at home, they're not allowed to work, you know, and they need yeah. to talk to somebody, you know, about what they're going through without having the spouse find out it's them, you know, that, yeah. that, that they're doing this. Yeah. Do you yeah. think, um, like, like, like we were talking about different types of abuse with this outside of hate crimes, and do you think that abuse, did you think, okay, because people were stuck home with COVID, you know, everybody was stuck in their houses. Do you think that there was a huge rise because people were stuck home? Because I mean, your stories mm-hmm. about like the holidays—you know, when people are all stuck in the same room—and there's yeah. the Jerry Springer, right? The food fights and all this going on. Yeah. Do you think that COVID um, created a spike and all that?
1: I do. I, absolutely, I do. Um, I mean, I know that my partner and I—we've been together. Uh, he and I both are by dates? It's either four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say four, but um, you know, when COVID happened and we were both working from home, you know, we, we broke up for a while. I moved out for a little while. And, and I, I, luckily ours, you know, didn't get abusive, but, but I worked for one of the biggest gas stations in the U.S. I work for their corporate office and human resource. And what was devastating to see is, the sales and gas prices went way down because people weren't traveling anymore. They wouldn't have even driving back and forth to work. But uh cigarettes and alcohol through the roof for a year, what paid my salary, what paid all of our salary at the company was the sales of cigarettes and alcohol.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And and so you know, when there's the, the addiction problems and and the the, the there that you know, leads to other destructive things, and then you're, every, everything just changed. You know, overnight it was like flipping a switch. Mm-hmm. Overnight, you're, it, 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 you don't realize how much you do or don't like somebody until you're with them day in and day out. <laughs> you know, and and sometimes that is not handled in the in the healthiest way.
0: Right, right, because you know, for people that 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 weren't working you know, that weren't on that work list. It, it was tough. It, you know, you're, you're, the, you're there 24 hours a day morning and night you're sharing the computer to work. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're telecommuting, you're, you're sharing that computer to work. You have to do this. You're balancing kids. You're balancing your normal stuff, except you're, you're stuck at home doing it. Right. And, and having to do that. So yeah, I can, I can totally, totally understand that. Um, Going back to what happened to you now, because um, this happens all the time. I mean, if you, if, you, if you get on TikTok, there's a lot of these stories of people that even go, you know, or go, go out for the night, they go back to their cars or some guy. there's some guy following them back to their cars. What should people look out for? Like, like if they're in a bar or someplace like that.
1: I, from, from the research and the stories that I've done and the people that I've talked to, all of them seem to have this gut feeling that something just isn't right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, we so easily brush that off. Mm -hmm. But if something is telling you that something is not right, believe it. Worst case, you find out that you look a little silly for a minute, but at least you do it alive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I would rather someone think that I was silly for a minute versus going through what I had went through. You know, if, if something, if you feel that someone's looking at you, if you feel like someone's following you, you know, call somebody, get, you know, do do something you know be proactive and be one thing that that my attack taught me was to be more self um aware of my surroundings you know and i I was always the kind of guy that would just dance with the one that brought me. If I showed up with, you know, four or five friends, those are the four or five friends I hung out with and, and, and really didn't pay attention to anybody else around. And, sure. and now I do. I'm very, you know, aware of what is around me. And I think that is um, very important. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember even when I was going through my 20s and I remember the stories about the people drugging your drinks, you know, and to watch out for that stuff. And then going through, you know, because a lot of women, well, not a lot, but women should go through uh, classes because of those really? classes they offer for self-defense. And I remember one of the, one of the best advice that, that I ever saw was that when you're carrying your car keys, you're going out to your car, take one key and have it sticking out like a knife in your hand yeah. when you're walking out just in case. You know, just to be aware, to be aware of your surroundings. Don't get oblivious to the fact that you're having such a great time that you don't see the guy in the corner staring at you. Right. In- you know you just have to be really really observant but i mean stuff happens
1: i know and i don't want people to be embarrassed i would not be embarrassed if i was going through walmart and and i felt that someone's following me or watching me i would not be embarrassed to go to one of the workers and say hey can someone walk me out to my car
0: sure
1: you know especially like if you're at you know if it if it's a nightlife kinda kind of deal, you know, where you're you're at a bar, there's usually bouncers or somebody. Don't if you can't see your car from the door and if it's a, a lit area, don't go by yourself. Right. And it's okay to ask someone to will you watch me? Will you go with me?
0: Because you see this stuff even on TV. There's so many scary well, what I think are scary scenarios. Like like you say, you go to the bar with with a group of friends, you meet somebody and all of a sudden it's like Okay, you guys go ahead and go home. Mm-hmm. I want to go with so-and-so. And, and and I'm always thinking, you don't know this person. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you know what's so <sighs> crazy is yes, you don't know that person, and that could be a risk. But then I hear of this people, these people were married for 10, 15, 20 years and then he started. then he killed her or she killed him mm-hmm. so it does does that really matter because how well do you know someone anyways i and, and granted i get that you know it might be a higher risk mm-hmm. you know and, and the odds and statistics i get that but it, right. but at the same time i think it all just kind of comes down to mental health someone who is in a healthy state of mind mm-hmm. that is getting all the self care and mental health treatment that they need they're not out hurting the people, you know, and, and, and people, there's such a stigma again, that comes with mental health. And here's the thing. If your lungs are sick, you go to a lung doctor. If you know, if your eyes are hurting you, you to your eye doctor, your brain is a major organ in your body. If your brain is not working properly, go to a doctor. There's nothing to be embarrassed of with that. I am on two antidepressants. And I feel better than I have ever felt. It's okay to ask for help and shame on the ones that pretend that there's something to be embarrassed of with that because they obviously need help too.
0: Right, 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 right. And like you say, the ones that have been married for a long time. But a lot of that goes up to where it's a gradual buildup too. And and like people don't realize, you know, like I said earlier in the show, abuse comes in all kinds of forms. Mm -hmm. And like you say, it starts out slowly. It really starts out slowly, and sometimes before you realize you're being abused, it's too late.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people and that and that's why, like on my show, I want people to go into detail of of the the steps that led up to it because you know what, what if someone's listening, and they're like, wait, my partner does this. Mm-hmm. You know, may, maybe I need to look more into it. Maybe I need to dive a little deeper to see if, if I am into a potential unhealthy lifestyle.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You have an incredible story and it does need to be brought forward. That's why I want to bring you on, you know, for what happened to you because you're not the only one this, this kind of stuff happens to, right? There's just so many stories out there about this. But the more that people come forward, come forward with them, the more it's going to help other people to be more aware that, that this can actually happen. Absolutely. And with your show, that's what makes it so important, to have yeah. a show like this, have a show like yours, you know, to, so, so that people can get an understanding of it. Because, I mean, there are stigmas that go along with, I'm straight, you're gay. And like you say, oh yeah, the gay guy is the one that egged it on, or the gay person egged it on. But it's not true. It's not always right. true. Right, right.
1: And even if it was, that was not the proper reaction, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you having me on today. Um, I'm a fan. I, I, I love your show. I love what you're doing. And, uh, I, I really appreciate And because I'm going to tell you, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm three hours behind you. So 930 is when we started my time. And that's usually my bedtime. But I'm, I'm such a fan of yours and the show that I was like, ah, I can be tired tomorrow. It'll be fine. <laughs> so thank you.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on. Too. I really do. Absolutely. And I would love to have you on again to talk to you yeah. a more about this stuff. I mean, it's, it's something that has to be out there. And uh, my heart goes out to you.
1: Well, thank really you. All thank right. you so much. I would love to come on anytime you
0: like. All right, David. Well, you have a good rest of the evening. I really appreciate you coming on. And gonna, let's see how can people find your podcast?
1: Yeah. So on all the social platforms and all of the podcast platforms, it's Surviving Abuse Podcast. Okay.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: fantastic. And I would love for people to reach out and share their story with me.
0: Absolutely. All right, David. Have a good evening.
1: You too. Thank, thank you, you so time. much.
0: All right. Bye bye. All right, guys, and that's the kind of show I like to do, something that's other than paranormal, that can get the message out. You know, he has, his story is incredible. It's just, you know, what he went through, and, and to be able to take that and turn it into something good, like, like he's doing, that's also incredible. It sends a good message to people. Tomorrow, we're back at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, and we have our old friend, Anna Maria Manalo, is going to be with us. Anna Maria Manalo has written several books. Some are paranormal-themed, some aren't. In fact, one of the one of the first books we read on our Sunday books was uh, mystery that took place during World War Two Germany, It was about a little girl who um, who knew a a, Jew, a Jewish little girl and and, and and well you know how how Germany was at that time so it went from there, but it was also a ghost story with a lot of twists and according to Anna Maria this was a, this was based on a true story, well the little girl. Who you know obviously lived to be an adult, passed away last week, and so that that was you know a very sad thing that happened. But her you know we read her story, anyway. So Anna Maria has written several more books. One of them is about haunted antiques. It's called Haunted Heirlooms. That's going to be the next book we read in Behind the Lizzie Borden Book. That's the next one up. But she has a new book coming out that she wants to talk about tomorrow and uh you know all the times we've had her on it turns into a real fun fest to talk to her so she's going to be with us tomorrow at 6 30 p.m talking about the 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 haunted antique book and the new book that she has coming out so i'm looking forward to that and i'm going to be doing reading a synopsis on the new book tonight so i'm you know so be, be ready for that that'll be tomorrow at 6 30 p.m if you like the show today you know you're watching from facebook please hit that share button i'm not sorry yeah please hit that share button And that follow button, you know, because we want to get the word out about this podcast. The more, the the more you share, the more people come to watch us. All right. If you're watching from Twitch, same thing. YouTube, same thing. Hit that, hit that little, well, don't hit the little ghost. It'd be kind of fun though. Make it big and hit it. But anyway, uh, click on that little ghost down there, you know, to subscribe. Because like I said, tonight's a perfect example of having different types of videos for you to watch. You know, we have different, all kinds of, all kinds of topics. Anything you can almost think of is on there, so you can spend hours and hours perusing the, the videos. But if you like the show, share it with five people. If you didn't like the show, share it with five of your enemies, even people you hate, because you know if, if you don't like something, what's the best way to get even with somebody? Give them stuff you don't like. See, so that's the logic behind it. We're equal opportunity here. And again, you can you can visit us at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com or CaliforniaHaunts.org. Uh, one's the para- regular, uh, regular paranormal site. The other one obviously is the radio site. Um, there's a ticker at the bottom here. I hate doing this every night, but I mean, I retired and I'm like, I said, I'm a journalist photojournalist, journalist. It's what I do. This is why I brought the radio show out because I wanted to, I mean, I've been doing this radio show for almost 20 years, but not in this format. It's been two and a half years in this format, with video, which means I had to get cameras and I had to do all this stuff. Everything California Hospitalmal team does comes out of my pocket because it, it, we don't take any money we take donations to keep our group going and our goal is to help and educate people. That's why I do the show too I want I want to help and educate people. But the thing is if something breaks, if a computer goes down, headphones go down, mic goes down, you know things like that, I have to pay for it to get another one. and so expenses do build up in addition to paying the internet bills, My phone bill you know and all this stuff so money does pile up plus we have the paranormal team that has all kinds of equipment and that stuff goes down and then there's other supplies involved with that so if you could find it in your heart to help me out a little bit doesn't have to be a lot but just to help me out to keep this show on the air and and keep everything going that would be great you can do that at paypal.me at california haunts or if you're uncomfortable with paypal there's venmo just go to venmo type in california haunts i'd really appreciate it and if, I mean, as far as the show goes, I love bringing these guests and finding these guests to bring to you. And so I would love to keep doing that. I didn't even think I was going to make it this long in this format, doing it, you know, we're, we're working off of uh, donations, but we have. We've done really well as far as that goes. And I'm really excited about it. And I also want to, before I sign off, I want to thank everybody. Our numbers are growing. We've seen we've seen growth the last three months, and this month especially. So I'm really excited about that. So, Keep passing the word out. You know, keep keep passing this around about you know on these shows because I really appreciate it. Anyway, tomorrow again, and Anna Maria Manalo is going to be with us, and it should be a really really fun show to do with her and a really interesting show to get stuff from her to, to get it for you know stuff from her perspective. All right, well I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good evening and.